welcome to the Lone Recruiter Podcast. I am not your host, Brett Clementon. I am his marketing and social media manager, Beth O'Neill. And today with Pete Dakers, we are flipping the script and we are interviewing normally your host, Brett Clementon. Welcome, Brett and Pete. Yeah, welcome. This is very odd. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is very weird. I'm a complete passenger today. I haven't yeah. prepared anything. Good. So. Well, what we're doing today is we've had quite a few, sorry, quite a few of you write in over the last couple of weeks with some questions to ask the loan recruiter. So we've whacked those questions in a hat, and we are going to be slinging them at Brett. Are we ready? Sure. <laughs> this is life. You want to kick us off, Pete? Sure. Let's uh, let's see what we got uh, from Gino. If you had to start from scratch again, and with the benefit of hindsight, what would you do differently? If anything, that's a that's a big question. question. Yeah, and a really <laughs> and, a, and a really tough question because I'm assuming when I say would start again, we're talking about a recruitment agency. Yeah, um, we we were pretty darn lucky when we hit the ground running, and it was almost a, a our curse was a blessing in that um, we had massive or well, I had a massive non compete um, clause in my contract, which which forced me to go and hunt for a new market, which is why I think I'm so good at finding new markets now. But um, <clears throat> what would I do differently? I, I really, I, I don't know if I would do anything differently. I mean, That's the, the smartest yeah. thing I think I did was I got you very quickly and, and we just, we ran at it with a whole mentality of you keep me on the phone. You do everything that keeps me on the phone. Like that was smart. And I think what I would probably do differently would be maybe hire people quicker mm. because it's so nerve wracking the first um, time you go to hire proper like billers and recruiters because you think, oh my God, like I have to now pay all this money. I've got to now get an office to house them. And I remember someone just saying to me, um, you know, yes, but is it a false saving not spending that money? If Absolutely, you know that they're yeah. going to make you money, isn't that a false saving? So it took a while for me to get there. And I think the other thing I would do differently is I wouldn't try and do everything myself when I started. What I mean by that is the, the accounting stuff. And I've touched on this before, but... Massive false saving. Oh, massive <laughs> false saving. <laughs> I wish from day one I just said to the accountant, you're my bookkeeper. Because keeping track of receipts and... You think you're saving money. Yeah. You just aren't. You're just sewing yourself out down from getting to your desk to, to, to bill quicker. So, so maybe I'd tweak it. I don't think I'd change it, but I would definitely tweak it. Yeah, it's hire and hire people you trust. Yes. And yeah, just get it going. Yeah, I think the, the hiring people straight up. Mm. Like, I, well, we see what we do now, and you always need more hands. Yes. Always. Yes. I think it was a good one to kick us off. Jeez. Oh, yeah. All right, from James. How do you deal with a client that is just completely stonewalling you that you need to work with? So you have to work with them? Because my have first, my first resolve to a client that stonewalls you is, well, I don't need to work with you, so <laughs> yeah. see you later. Get another um, client. But that, I mean, that's the important part there is that, that I, I, maybe I'm lucky, but I'm at a point now in life where I just don't need negativity. I don't need difficult clients. I really don't. And so if I had a client, my first question would be, do I need this client? Because the moment that you don't need them, I can tell you now that that energy will almost flip. The yeah. moment they start feeling you pull away and they think that they've, oh, hang on, I actually do need you, the dynamic might shift straight up, right? Yeah. How many times have I say, like, let's just fire them as a client. We don't need them. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. about it. Don't worry about the invoice that they're not paying. Don't worry about, you know, not getting sick. Just let's headhunt from them. That's fine. Yeah. It has to so, be a partnership. Like. Yeah. Exactly. And I, and I think that's it, right? So 
But look, if, if for whatever reason you've got a PSA in place, you've got a workload there, or they're strategically a client that needs to be in your portfolio because it makes sense to your market, then maybe I would just go at it and be really direct and just be like, um, I really want to work with you guys. I'm doing my darndest here. I'm not getting through. We're not communicating on the same level. Can we, can we have a coffee and, and work this out? Sometimes being that direct, people just don't realise it. I think a lot of clients just use recruiters as commodity. Yep. They just think, oh, supply. Like, I've, I've engaged you. Where are the CVs? Yep. <laughs> we're not a CV bank. I mean, we are, but we're not. You know, it's so hard to find talent. Yeah. And I think that stonewalling comes from a place of, oh, I don't need you. And maybe that's it as well. Maybe the client doesn't need you right now. Or maybe, maybe they've got their own internal pressures where they're being told they just can't, can't work with you. Yeah, finding just out ask. their pain points. Just find yeah, exactly. Just say well, you know, clearly I get the sense you don't need my help right now. Clearly, you know, th- there's not a need for me to engage with you at the moment. Can I ask you is there anything that you can point to for that reason? Because I can see that this individual, if you're canvassing a candidate, is going to do wonders for your business. Or you've asked me for this and you're just not getting back to me. I think pointing out the BS um, can sometimes be the dip, all it takes. Yeah. All right, Sarah. If you could offer one tip to young recruiters on how to market themselves, what is it? Face-to-face meetings, as many as you can. When you're young, it's, it's your, your instinct is to hide behind your computer or even hide behind your phone. Yeah. Like we encourage people to get on the phone, <laughs> yeah. but people can hide behind their phone. We're all guilty of it. We all know the magic in the room. Mm. And when you're in that room with a client or a candidate, there's a connection. There's something real there. And they, if those meetings go well, which honestly, what was my first advice to you when we, when, when you came over and you were like, yeah. I don't know this market. Yeah. Don't know what I'm doing. Why am I going to this client meeting? I said, yeah. pitch him like a dude at the pub. And all you want to do is just have fun with him. He's yeah. Like, okay. Try and chat. And that became your best client ever because yeah. you, you um, engage with them on a, on a really just personal level. And so I think for young people coming in, trying to oversell yourself or trying to oversell your abilities is not the answer. It's actually just coming in and leveling, being young, being naive, but being there to help. Um, hopefully you're in an environment that can help you source these candidates, but that's it. If you're trying to sell yourself, don't try to be someone else. Just be yourself. You are young. You're inexperienced. Lean into it. Like, use that naivety. Sometimes just, just saying, I'm new at this. I've got a good team behind me. I'll find these people, being confident in that regard. But yeah, face-to-face. Yeah, it's a people business. Like, I'd go yeah. face-to-face as soon as possible. And then they'll be your biggest advocates. Yeah, 100% right as well because that client became one of my best candidates as well. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I just remember the one time it didn't work. My, <laughs> do you remember my very first client meeting with you? We won't say who the client was, but... He was ba- he, he was Ooh. stonewalling. Oh. He didn't have to... He just... Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> Don't but, know why I'm here. But we learn a lot out of that. We learn a lot. Yeah, that's the other thing is if, if it doesn't go well, you're going to learn a lot. Yeah. You will learn a lot. I learn a lot that day. Shannon, and I'm going to have to redact one word in this. It's a bit rude. Um, oh, this actually works with the conversation we just had. Who was the biggest, you know, you've ever had to work with, candidate or client? How did you handle it? I, I've been lucky that I think my run in recruitment has been pretty good and maybe my markets have been the reason in that, like, they're just good. I'm not dealing with... I don't know, barristers. I'm not dealing with like, it's a cocky profession. I don't know. I'm very generalizing here. It's just bankers? pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> bakers. <laughs> no, like bankers. very, oh, very bankers. high level. Bankers. <laughs> Sorry, Redacted. bakers. Sorry, bakers. Yep. Um, <laughs> but 
You know, I think the only friction that has really come up is is around money, and it's probably smaller companies when they just feel like maybe what you did wasn't worth the amount they're paying. Yep. Whereas we all know, well, you're not getting these people without me. Yep. I remember Jamit. Jamit was great. We, we had one great. guy that refused to pay, and you know. Fortunately, John in our office had done everything on email because he just got a hunch. This guy's going to be trouble. Yeah. He's asked me for a candidate. He set up an interview. He didn't know this individual. And then um, he employed the person. And then the invoice came out. And his game was, what's this invoice? And John's like, <laughs> for the candidate that you hired that has started, who's making yeah, money for you? Service provided? No, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And just, <laughs> just played that game. And we were like... Okay. Well, we tried to reason. You can't reason with with people no, like you that. Can't. So we end up having to go down to pursuing through legal letters. And anyway, I remember when the money actually landed. When he realised he was back in the corner, and he he was <laughs> so good. the the subject line was jam it. And I just <laughs> forever and a day, just I I laughed. I said I remember going, yeah, I'll jam that. Yeah, I'll, I'll jam, jam it right in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> jam it straight into the bank. Yeah, that's probably, that comes to mind. But if that's the worst I've had. Yeah, there was so a little it. mini celebration when that yeah, came. Yeah, exactly. Well. With exactly. That, like, I'm sure there's others. Come on, who else? So we had some. We've had some bad ones. Not not many. not many. Like, yeah, we've there's there's always you know an element of perspective and their perspective different from yeah. yours and everything. But you take it all back to the human level and oh, I get it. You you saw that and you didn't see what what happened in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Can we chat about it? Can we make always, it work? Yeah, can we make it work? That's what we're here to do. I don't know if that was juicy <laughs> enough for you, Shannon. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry we haven't had a worse run at that. Hannah asks, if you could pick one habit that you have that adds the most value to your desk, what would it be? And I take it this is your recruitment desk. This isn't run that's, the business, right? That's a good question. Yeah. And Generation. So mm. the one habit I think, rain, hail, shine, busy, not busy, whatever it's just always feeding the top of the pipeline so like generating cvs into your desk so that you've got either roles that you're putting them against or marketing those cvs out if you haven't got that happening then your funnel's busted and yeah. you're gonna you're gonna feel it <clears throat> so if I, could, that's if I can only pick one yeah which is i think it's just always be picking up like looking for good cvs and like and that has a couple of things within it, like is it generating through a LinkedIn project or is it off the back end of secrets and ads? As long as you've got just every day, what's that CV I got today? Yeah. Did I get a CV today? I like that. Takes like takes the stress out of it. Yeah, yeah. something's happening. So yeah. I've got this on the go. Control what you can control. Always forward momentum because you see the people that have the massive, massive months, and then their next months almost always completely flat mm. because they've been so focused. And I get it. You got to focus on closing your deals, but they don't think about what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Greg, what what do you believe is the most important thing about leading a recruitment team? Absolutely treating them like human beings in that it's so easy to just get your head into a spreadsheet, look at the numbers, get stressed about your forecasting and your month to month, but hey, we're all humans. And I think that if you don't, the moment you stop treating them like humans is the moment that they go, get fucked. Yeah. We're people. Come on. <laughs> yeah. That's it. People yeah. have people problems. Yeah. People don't have spreadsheet problems. 
<laughs> no, you've got spreadsheet problems. Did yeah. I not? Did I not hug you both today? Yeah, yes. 100%, right? I needed that hug. <laughs> so you so did a hug. <laughs> oh, one of those days. Tracy, what do you like most about recruitment and what annoys you the most? <laughs> running co- teams. Commissions. <laughs> <laughs> not making commissions. <laughs> yes. Black and white. Um... I look, I, I think there's genuine excitement when, when, you, when you get someone a gig and they're pumped. Mm. It's a great feeling. Yeah. And look, at the end of the day, we do this because you know, we're good at it. We enjoy the chase, the challenge, the strategy. You know, we're obviously people, people. Um, and the commissions really is where people start with it. But I think where it ends is that you genuinely go, I'm good at this. I can help you get a, a role. And I think when you get a good outcome for a client, a candidate, I love that. I really do. Okay, that felt good. Like, I've... That felt good. And um, I think the thing that bugs me, bugs me about recruitment is I think when you take get taken advantage of by either a client or a candidate, it happens. People just, yeah. you know, and, and you learn to live with that. Just like people will just waste your time, backflip, give you terrible advice or information. Yep. But um, that, fr- that, that frustrates you. You know when people just don't act like decent human beings? Like, yeah. oh, I've just got you five interviews offers yep. and then you've ghosted me basic yep. manners just disappear just, yeah just tell me what you think and it's all yeah. good yeah. you can say no to me it's all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right let's go deeper can i ask you a question yeah <laughs> go for it yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right pete mm. Mm. oh why don't we use kpis in our agency because <laughs> <laughs> you and i are horrible at compliance <laughs> like it's i don't know it's like you were talking about before with generation if generation gives you energy that's what you should be doing but if you're a slave to 50 kpis and 49 of them are sucking energy and there's only mm. one that's giving like you, you've got it it does have to be individualistic um i think i think i mean i i get a sense that most agencies now have moved away from these really strict stringent numbers I, I, but I think there are still some there, and that, that's for those bigger agencies where they've got a lot of young people coming through. They need to go. It, it's there for a guide, right? 100%. Ultimately, it's a structure, it, yeah. Every agency has a KPI, the same one, and that's yep. comms. Yeah. Whatever that target is, that is a KPI. And I think off the back of that, you've got to allow the individual to run the way they like to run, you know? Right. And <clears throat> um, otherwise, you're forcing them to do activities that either don't energize them or don't make sense to their desk. You know, imagine if I enforced. Aaron style, um, you know, metrics on John's desk. Yeah. It wouldn't work. Different markets. So, you know, different markets have different Different, metrics and whatever. And that's why we run what's the KPI that matters the most this week to you. Yeah. When we have our morning meeting. So you get to choose it because you know yourself better and where you're at. Oh, it's generation. I need CVs. Okay. (laughs) That's your metric this week. All right. Next one up. So Tegan asks, have you ever just felt like giving up? What did you do? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> I think that's where having really strong sense of self comes into play because I think everyone has weak moments when you particularly when you're tired mm. when you're stressed um, particularly when you're overwhelmed or over- overloaded and I think just I don't know when at what point but I became very self-aware of what my, what's happening in my body if I ever feel like giving up it's not I, I, I'm very quick to go, that's, 
preposterous. Why would you? <laughs> why would you give up? You're going to give up, and then within two minutes, be damn it! Why did I do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, regret. Um, I just stopped though. If, if you ever feel like that, if, if you want to give up, it, that, there's a, that's burnout. Mm. That's yeah. a like that your brain is not computing. You're not getting enough rest. You're not clearing out your short-term memory. Like you aren't able to comprehend, and like your bandwidth is gone. That's that's where it starts, right? And I think it's it's about stopping, doing something that completely breaks whatever's going on in your head. Yeah, so I love that. Is it jumping in ice? Is it going to the ocean? Is it going for a sprint? Is it boxing? Is it yeah. going go outside? A, you go outside. It's getting sunburned. Like is it something? But just something other than whatever you're doing right now. We all feel it. You know when you sit at your desk and you just like. I am agitated. I can't. Yeah. I can't yeah. focus. Whatever. Take a step back. Yeah, that's when you feel like giving up, and a lot of people, I think, get to that point at some point. You just need to stop. Stop. Work out what's making you feel that way. Yeah. And, yeah. and solve it. Because yeah. no one really wants to give up. Humans no. are meant to continue <laughs> walking forward. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a bit Treat of retail yourself. therapy. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. Buy a Santa hat. Buy a Santa hat. <laughs> I noticed that you've got the gold one. Where's my gold one? I had two, uh, but my six-year-old stole the other one this morning and I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was... It's like Pikachu doll, isn't it? It probably is, yeah. Pika! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alicia. Uh, Alicia asks, do you negotiate your fees? And if not, she assumes you don't, how do you overcome the most common fee objections? We have... You've got two camps of client, one that's in a – one that you don't negotiate with, right, which we have. Yep. <clears throat> and then you've got the other camp, which is there's a – there's a like a like almost an implied rate in your market. Yep. Right? And so my market, the environment engineering stuff, there's an implied rate. Trying to get anything other than what that rate is in the market is very tough. It can be done because I've done it. But I view it like some of our other markets where you go, we just want to price it fairly so that we don't have any biases. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of my viewpoint on it. But then you go to like some other desks, law and accounting, and we do not negotiate because it is that hard to find people. And so our approach to that, if they say, oh, we want to do it at 15%, is that we know how good we are at insolvency, accounting, law, that if they don't want to budge on it, then we walk away. Yeah. But ultimately, when a role comes back up and we provide them a CV or we give them a call and go, see, you got this role, do you need help? They say no because of your fees, no because of your fees. Eventually they say yes because yeah. they go, damn it, this person keeps bringing me good people and they're always here. Um, <clears throat> and I think continuing to show up is yeah. the number one strategy for fees is, is don't ever act like you need that fee. Mm. The moment you're there going, mm. please, Mr. Klein, I need this, I'll drop it. Like, No. That's the stupidest strategy you could ever yeah. employ. Just walk away. I don't need it. And eventually you'll get it. The amount of fees that have come back. Like Aaron will not negotiate. Like flat out. Yeah. Zero, zero percent Can't. chance of negotiating with him. But because he knows that, the conversation is, no. What he will do, if he's at a point where he has to negotiate, he, his tactic is the only scenario that I can reduce my rate is if there's zero guarantee. Yeah, mm. change the terms rather than the fees. And, and, and yeah. if they bite on that, he's like, I'm actually okay with that because I don't have to worry about that fee down the line because they're worried about my fee. They're probably a tight-ass agency or a company and, and there might be other issues there. 
So that's worked well for it. So if, if that negotiation takes place and you really they just aren't biting, they're stonewalling you and you really want to keep your fees set, your first thing to say is, well, look, I will come down, but you, the reason we charge more is because we honour, we're really, really adamant that we replace. But, yeah. you know, if you want to reduce my fee, I can't afford to replace either. So if you want to get rid of your guarantee, we can make it cheaper for you. That's a good place to start. Changes Most the risk profile. Like that's, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, I mean, the one that we all we all go by is, look, you know, <clears throat> you've got other suppliers at a certain rate. You're talking to me for a reason. If they were providing with the people that you needed <laughs> to see, you wouldn't be talking to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love your line. Because a recruitment agency does 8%. And I'll even give you their phone number if you want to call yeah. them. Can't understand how they make a profit. But I almost guarantee they won't find the people. Such a great move, Theo. <laughs> yeah. it's, like it's a mad power move, isn't He's it? My yeah. competitor. Here's my competitor. They charge 8%. Go and talk to them. And yeah. I'll speak to you in three months. But I think it came from a client. It came from right. somebody saying, you know that so-and-so offers 10%. And I think I said, I think they actually offer 8 And I'll, I can look up their details. Like, <laughs> I don't know how they do it. So, yeah, you're going to get them cheaper from them if they can get them. But I just don't see how. So. Yeah. And I, and I think ultimately the, 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 where it comes back to with the client is like, look, at the end of the day, it's a moot point. Unless there's someone you really want, um, at that point you work out whether you, it's worth our fee or not. Mm. Because if there are other agencies providing people at a lower rate and you think you can get the same outcome with that person, it's going to cost you less, go for it. Yeah, logic, go. Go for it. I actually encourage that. In mm. fact, go one better. Don't use an agency. Yeah. But guess what? <laughs> you know how hard these people are to find. And, yeah. If, you're, if you've got agents working for you for a rate that's way lower than ours, my nervousness is they're probably negotiated because you're a good negotiator, but are you getting the CVs or are they taking them? Are you a B-grade candidate, a client to them? Yeah. Because I can tell you now they've got better rates with other agencies, uh, with other companies, and they are feeding them all of the good candidates. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Right? That's what you've got to worry for. If you want to see what is out there, stick to my rates. Yeah. I'll feed you some CVs. And I think you'll go, damn it, eyes open. I need, like, your business is your people. Yeah. Value for money. Like, yeah. And pay me if you're happy. You don't pay me up front. No. <laughs> Even on a retainer, if you go, yeah, five grand up front, pay if we don't succeed, you know, you can still apply that. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Adrian, what would you say to the young recruiters out there who are thinking about quitting? Comes up a lot. <laughs> and I, the first thing I say is, I used to be the guy that they brought in to say, this guy's quitting, can you help? Because guess what? <laughs> I quit after six weeks. Six weeks in. I started. I remember I started. I made my first placement. And I was really chuffed because <laughs> I got the guy, the contract, I got him like 15 grand less than what he was earning, but it was like... <laughs> closed it. Closed him still somehow. And then he's like, oh, I can't sign it because I haven't got anyone to witness it. Paints a bit of a picture about this candidate, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and I said, fine, I'll come and meet you. Where are you? He goes, I'm in North Sydney. I'm like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Jumped on the train. Got him to... I, I witnessed this thing. I remember being heralded like, look at this guy upcoming. He's like, that's how hungry he is to make sure the deals are tight. And I was like, <laughs> in my head going, fucking hate this job. <laughs> <laughs> I want to quit. Yeah. And I remember I quit. And, and the boss are going, I don't get it. Like... You look like you're enjoying it. You're good at it. You just made a placement. We just made you, gave you commissions. And I went, yeah, I just don't like it. And, and at that point, they said, I think it's the market. Please go and work with this person. Completely different market. See how you go. 
and I've never looked back. So that's why I'm such a firm believer in um, the right market for the right people. So, yeah. Yeah. so you're questioning, is it actually the job or is it what you're doing in the job? So you're in the yeah. wrong place. I was doing IT and the company I worked for didn't do IT. So it was A, it was a market thing, but B, we had no clients. Yeah, cracking so I was, a market. I you was were breaking down doors and creating brand new client base and I'd never recruited before. It was tough. Mm. But I look back and go, what a, what a way to enter recruitment. Yeah. Trial by fire. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think the new market thing, I went, <clears throat> I really aligned with these people. I had a better team around me. I just Then I was there for six years. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. didn't budge. So if you're looking to quit, I'd just say, yeah. I'd just go, look, I've quit after six weeks and then – you know, I've never looked back. And I think if you haven't wanted to quit recruitment, then you're probably not doing the right things because yeah. you should be feeling a lot of pain in the beginning. And it's frustrating seeing people who have been around forever just make it look so easy. Mm. The more time you spend in recruitment, the more you enjoy it because you do start to see it a little bit like Neo in the Matrix where you're like, oh, God, this person's going to do that to me yeah. at this point. Yeah. You see it coming. That so it's not a shock when it hits That you. actually gets a little <laughs> bit scary. Yeah. That's, when, that's sometimes why I go... Should I be quitting? Like, I feel like I know. I can see this happening <laughs> yeah. in slow motion. <laughs> yeah. And you wonder how much of that is then confirmation bias as well. You're like, oh, I really, I don't need to be so cynical. I should try this again. And you hear all the same things on the phone. Yeah. Run for the hills. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's not a job that you can quite quit either. No. Don't try and sit there and look busy and hit KPIs that you just hate. There's nothing quiet about a donut. No. no. There's nothing quiet about zero on <laughs> no. the board. It is right there staring. Ooh, it's it's a very loud down. <laughs> You'll hear that in your sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, George. What, on, what trends will we see in recruitment in 2024? I I think 2023 was such a weird in-between year, mm. in-between COVID and back to normal. And particularly in Australia, interest rates just and, in, and inflation just went... Yeah. I reckon that just spun so many people out. I've never in my entire career seen so many candidates so fixated on money. Yeah. Like, and I... But, but, and also me going... Totally get it. Mm. It's yeah. so expensive to live. So um, I think 2023 was a really odd year and now we're seeing inflation come right back down and the talk of interest rates kind of at its peak. It's calming down a little bit now. Um, and I think that with the, with, the, with the stock markets, the way they plummeted you know, off the back of that, particularly in the tech sectors mm. and um, immigration Australia – has probably peaked. There's just so much like overcorrection that happened from COVID that's mm. starting to just mellow out now. I think we'll start to see normal conditions again, which I think is a good thing. The, 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 you know, we, 2022 was all about there are no candidates, any CV will get picked up. Yep. We can make a lot of money. 2023 was, was, yeah, just about like consultants who had never really seen a downturn were starting yep. to see a downturn. And I think 2024 will just be a mellowing out. I think it will be kind of like business as usual. It'll be kind of pretty steady. I, c I can't foresee any major events or any reason for a major event. I mean, anything can happen. Yeah. It takes one. It takes one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes one trigger event to collapse a banking system. But uh, yeah, I, I think 2024 will be fairly decent in Australia for recruiters. Yeah. Yeah. You've gone through the. If you've gone through the boom time, you went through a great time. If you've gone through the, the down time and a little bit harder to do the consulting, you've gone through that now as well. Now just reap And probably learnt a lot from it. Yeah. You're like, that's some real experience. Yeah. And I think the um, I think the things to stay, the work from home balance, we're starting to see that mm. sort of 
mellow out too. Like it's two days a week from home is acceptable. Any more than that, get in the bin. I think, yeah. I think clients are pretty over it. He says to the person <laughs> that works four days from home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We are a remote first business. Very different. In fact, we work terribly together in the yeah, same we room. We talk yeah. too much. Just, just you may not have noticed, but yeah. we're chatting. Um, Cuts right through the headphones. Yeah, so 2024 I think is, is more of a mellowing out, not, not booming, not busting, just kind of steady. Mm. I, I genuinely think it's, it's going to be steady. I think the, the winners out of recruitment will be the ones that – Hit the pavement fast in in January, get in front of their clients, meet them face to face, do the, the traditional recruiting. I think you're going like to need to warm your clients up a little bit because there's going to be competition with your competitor. We're starting to see it. I think you know there's been an adjustment. People when there's when there's a downturn, what happens is recruitment agencies reassess their markets. They have some pain. They have got some good recruiters. Where are we going to put them? What's the booming sectors? And everyone, the decks of the cards get shuffled a little bit. Yeah. And I think there's a new norm that comes out of that. So my bet, my biggest advice for any agent, if you want to protect your turf in 2024, is to hit that pavement fast and hard in January. And um, just, just if you are number one in what you do, think twice about that and don't get cocky because there will be some good competition in your market. If you're in a good market. Watch out. Yeah, the other markets have shifted. Okay. Mm. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. Bit of a fire for people to get going. <laughs> All right, yeah. last last question. This is – oh, wow, the irony. Uh, this is from Brett. What's your <laughs> – another Brett. I'm going to ask myself a question. <laughs> what, who am I? <laughs> who am I? What am I? Well, what's your work superpower? I reckon I know the answer to this. Can I ask you that question? Sure. What do you yeah. think my work superpower is? Your empathy. Empathy. 100%. Like your ability to walk into the office, talk to someone for a couple of minutes, and you do this with your candidates and your clients too, yeah. and know straight away if something's up. Hmm. Your, and then your ability to help them get past that. That's interesting. I wouldn't have even thought of that. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's what I think anyway. Yeah, it's that whole like uh, emotional intelligence, mm. like off off the charts. Like you got to, and you got to do it, um, but you've also got to like know when it's going too far. You're not helping. Yeah, I, I can see that mm. for him. And then your ability to motivate people, I think that kind of ties into that anyway. Because yeah, I've always had that. I don't know what it is. You got so much energy, <laughs> dude. Oh, so sometimes. much energy. That I, that was going to be mine. Like <laughs> sometimes I walk in here and energy. I'm like, oh god, go oh. away. <laughs> Yeah, you can call it toxic positivity if you like, but <laughs> he hates that term. <laughs> so much. Toxic positivity. Yeah. Stay like, toxic. Stay toxic. I, I would say my work superpower is is that um and it, it's taken time to work on it, but like the amount of volume of stuff we've got to get through, like I've still got a full time desk. Um, we've got the business to run and grow, and then we've got the podcast <clears throat> to pump out. Mm. Well, and they're three jobs in themselves. Mm. And and I could have given any of them up and gone, I'll just focus on one or whatever, and maybe I should. But at the moment, I can do all three and I juggle all three. For me, it's managing the time between tasks. Yeah. And that comes back to having just like totally robust um, um, habits. And like Beth always laughs at my calendar because it's just so <laughs> regimented. I made the mistake of syncing his calendar to mine one day and I regretted <laughs> bing, it. Bing. Oh my gosh, the amount of notifications. And I was like, why do I have to take his daughter to dance? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? This is not in the job. <laughs> I'm only doing the job description. I do not yeah. do this. Um, to the beach is just <laughs> but I think I think I my superpower is I I know where my value systems lie. Like for me, 
the most important bit is actually having meaningful time at home with the kids and the family because why why would you 100%. do this? Yeah. You know, yeah. Work is fun. I love work. I love hanging with you guys. But at the end of the day, why do we all go to work? Why do we all push ourselves? Why do we all want to do what we do at work? It's to provide, right? Yeah. It's to have a life. And you've got to remember that there is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. It is It is the day-in, day-out stuff that it's matters. It's the process, yeah. You get, you get to the end of the life and you go, oh, what, what did I achieve? What do I love most about my life? You're not going to say, oh... Yeah, you know what? That day I recruited really yeah. well. I didn't. I didn't You're spend enough time so in the office. For yeah. me, it's like I I start my my. I think my superpower is the most important things. I, aka, you know, the family, and kids. That actually gets put into my calendar first, and I go. I need to see them then. I want to. Every day I've got morning and night. I see the people that are important to me, and then work has to fit in around that. Mm. And yeah. a lot of people do it the other way around. Oh, work comes first. I've got to earn a living. I totally get that, but. I'm telling you now, you're not going to see as much of the, the, the people that matter to you um, if you do it that way. Yeah, I I'm like even that. even um, I'm, I'm sure my mum's listening to this. I do try <laughs> to get you in for a walk every Thursday, mum. And, and until recently, we had a little operation. But, um, <clears throat> um, you know, even putting her into my calendar once a week for a walk, I, I, I get my wife in once a week for lunch just so it's done. Because then on the weekends, if it gets side-railed by kids or other people's Genders, you at least tick that stuff off. Hundred percent. I don't know if that's a superpower. Is that the question? Yeah. 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 I don't know if that's a superpower, but I think that keeps. I think that means I can handle the load. Yeah. Because I feel satisfied outside of work. Yeah. And I think that's actually a beautiful way to have the last question go as we lead into Christmas. Like, yeah. remember what it is you actually work for and celebrate. Yeah. So Switch yeah. off. Switch, Switch everything off. off. It's Christmas. Ooh, no yes. emails, no calls. I don't care if they're going to make you money. Just don't do Celebrate, it. Celebrate, downtime, family, stuff that matters. Remember what's important. Yeah. Yep, remember what's important. I feel like this is where, Jacqueline, we enter the jingle bells. Can you hear yeah. it? Everyone <laughs> home? Can you? Oh, yeah, I can hear the jingle bells. Yeah. <laughs> and we thank Brett. Yes. Not this Brett, the Brett with the, the Brett question. Yeah. The, question. <laughs> the other Brett. The other Brett. <laughs> and as we celebrate Christmas... When you go to Spotify and you listen to Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, just remember you're contributing to her some $3 million she generates every year from that song. Wow. Wow. Yep. That took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> Dark. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> Dark. <laughs> yeah. okay. I think that's all we have time for. I think that is all we have time for. So do you want an outro? You want me Pete, to outro? You outro. Pete, the outro. Um, Come on. I don't remember the outro. Don't, make one up. Make one go. up. Go for it. Well, thanks for joining us today. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been insightful. It's been delightful. And uh, as always, may all your dreams and deals come true. <laughs> <laughs>